This is a West Wimmera Health Service podcast. Farmer wants a healthy life. Hello, Brigitte Muir here. I am a storyteller who used to be a mountain climber, and I've been calling the Wimmera home for the last 40 years. What do you do when you have just lost your husband, a farmer, to suicide? And you were not born a farmer. Or born in Australia, for that matter. I could walk away, live happily ever after somewhere, you know. Um, lease the farm and buy a nice house somewhere down the beach and um, don't worry about the farm, but that's not me. Indian-born Gurjit was 17 years old when she first landed in Australia as a newlywed. Her husband, Tari Sondu's family, had been settled in Western Victoria since the late 1800s. Beside her husband... Gurjit did not know a single one of them. When I came here, it was very lonely. I didn't know what was happening. I had no idea about the farming side because I'm, I'm not used to the farming. You know, in India, we were more like a business people. It's pretty sad, like for the young girl coming here, 17 years old girl, coming to this farming family and their typical farmers. Farmers out there understand what's like. They just work is most important thing. I had no idea about the sheep or anything, what they like. I had no idea. If somebody put a camel in front of me, I said, yeah, that's a sheep. <laughs> yeah, my husband, like, first time he went out for work. And um, when my mother-in-law said, go take the lunch for the boys, I was all dressed up and that, my nail polish. And I took my lunch up there. My husband said, he said, put the basket there, pick the dags. <laughs> and you knew wedding clothes. <laughs> Yeah, nice clothes, nice hands and whatnot, nail polish on. And I picked the tea towel up and put over the dag and uh, then I picked it up and so he started laughing and yeah, that was my introduced to the farming. How did things move from there? When, when did you first have children? We got married 76. Jason was born in March, exactly after two years. First two years was very hard because I couldn't speak English. We did went to the football and that and because my husband used to play football and he used to play tennis. So I was lucky enough to meeting different people at the same time. They were a bit excited too, looking at Tari's new bride too. And I vividly remember now, we went to the first football match and I had this beautiful sari on. And the boys start kicking the football towards me. The, they want to, just want to check out this new girl from India. <laughs> After two years and... We had the children. That was probably the, the turning point for me to mix up in this society. When you come in the different area and you are some somebody else, you're not the local. It takes long, long time to make, 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 make yourself local. But I was lucky enough because my husband's family was already here. They were well established. I more or less slipped in. It's hard to be a woman coming from... Anywhere else, I think, exactly, moving yeah. onto a farm in That's Australia. True, yeah. And there are many women out there who marry Australian farmers. So I'm sure that a lot of uh, listeners will be able to relate to what you're saying. I know I met ladies there from the city, came from the city, and they established themselves in the farm. And it wasn't easy. First, I thought I'm four in a big hole. Then I have to climb up from that big hole, you know, get up and um, find myself again and um, become a farmer. Another thing I found was the farmers, they're not like easy people. This sign language they do, and I couldn't understand. First, when I came here, I couldn't understand this sign language. Open the gate or, you know, woman, same as like a dog, yep, 
come here, you know, this and that, you know. No, I couldn't understand. I refused to work on the sign language. This woman out there uh, living on the farm, I think they will understand. There's a lot of communication problems between the husband and the wife. How do you relate to each other when you're working together? Sometimes it happens in the woolshed. Men haven't got no idea. They just lose because they, they see the sheep, they lose the temper. They think they're sheep and then, then they treat their partner like a sheep too, you know. Swearing and carrying on, you know. They, they, then they say, oh, this is part of farming, you know. We're only swearing at the stock but not swearing at you, you know. But I think they're swearing at me. But men, they don't think they're swearing at the work. Women, they're sensitive, you know. We That's are very right. sensitive, I yes. think. And men, yeah. they don't realise that. We have to be soft. <laughs> Yes, and I guess if you were a farmer and a man farmer, you, yeah. you have to be pretty ruthless in a way because yeah, you're dealing right. with killing animals. And, that, that's right. And a really harsh climate and yeah. all sorts of things. It's not mm. easy. I, I remember my husband um, used to be in, sitting on the old header harvesting oat and blisters all over, you know. It is very hard for the farmers. There is, um, you know, sometimes a good time, sometimes a bad season, and uh, we have to take all that. In 1890, when we split from the family business and we went our own, then I was more or less working side to side with my husband. I learned a lot. Like I was a bit more, yeah, just taking a challenge. You know, I said, yep, yeah, we can do that. You know. Was it your idea to split from the family no, business? No, no, no. It was just a family decision. Four of our brothers, and they were running the family farm for a long, long time together. At the end, they, it has to split sometime. And when the splitting happens, there's a lot of disappointments because somebody got less, somebody got more. And that's what the mental health, health starts. Because a lot of men, they get a bit disappointed because how they were treated by their father because father might favor the one son, not the other son. And that's a really big factor in the farming community, I think. Father think he's doing the right thing. The siblings or the, or the children can't see it. When there is a family struggle right. within the family business. Okay. When the, the, the parents have to decide yeah. who's going to get what. Yeah, the even, even, even you're working together with each other and sometimes things doesn't work and, and uh, there's a lot of disappointments. It's not an easy run. The family farming, the, 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 like the owner of the land, he should decide what is best for the children, you know. But I, I think it's better to do it quick as you can and rather than later when, when these things get worse and um, then everybody be happy, you know. Then you have this family, nice family connection. My husband's been through that because uh, there was few problems and um, I think mental health is started from there. Uh, I think his father probably thought he's doing the right thing, but to himself he thought um, it's not the right thing. But there's a lot of issues. But I used to say, don't worry about it, you know. Don't worry about it. God's watching, you know. In my husband's case, he couldn't let go of the past. He was just getting burning inside and getting upset all the time. He would um, be upset with me too, same time. Later age, he just got a bit more, um, I don't know, distance from everybody. And I think it was his mental mental health. And two years before he passed away, I could see that something was wrong. And I, I, one day I said to my daughter-in-law, I said, I said, Carrie, I said, 
he's like a child. He said, I can't even go anywhere. I said, I'm suffocating. I don't know what to do. Because when you got a problem in the family, and I was suffering because when he's angry, his, his anger comes at me. Of course. You know, he was blaming me for a lot of things, and I couldn't understand why. And that would upset me too. And I was going through quite a bit. What do you do? You can't talk to your friends because um, he had a pretty good name in the community. It's, it's embarrassing for him if anybody knows something's not right with us. My children here were suffering. Were they still living at home? No, no, they were living in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. But they, I, I would talk openly to my children. Like um, We're a very open family. And um, I'm very close to them, three of the kids. If, if I got a problem, I would talk to them, even with my daughter-in-laws, and, um, which is a good thing. At least I'm talking. It was just getting worse. I knew he was getting a bit distanced from everything. And he would sit on the chair because the depression was getting worse and worse and worse. And um, the, even his taste buds was changing, like his taste was uh, terrible. I think some with the depression, your brain changes, the mm-hmm, chemical in mm-hmm, the brain mm-hmm. changes. Then that sometimes it goes out of control. You know, he can't help it. And what he, what they don't want to help, if you tell them they need help, they would blame you. No, I'm fine. You need help because farmers are very strong-headed men. So he didn't go and see a doctor. No, 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 no. That's the worst thing. I think now. I think even the. If somebody do have a depression, family realise there's something wrong, I think better to get help straight away. But you can't force people to go. You you can't force people to go, you know. Mm. And uh, it's probably better to talk to other people like your friends, you know. If you've got issues, I think better to let go. He didn't have any close male friends? He did, but he never wanted to talk about it. He never did. Never did. Like, we had really close friends. But the only thing is... um, it's his pride, you know. When we went out, we were the absolutely perfect couple. People thought, you know, they're doing well and they, they, their kids are doing well. They're all university graduate, they're working and they, they got good jobs. And, um, you know, Tari built his house and he's still buying land. And, you know, they, they're doing really well, you know, but they don't write. Nobody knows behind, what, behind closed doors what happens. He's hiding all that. There's a big curtain, you know, they put on a big curtain. You know, they're a different person when they go in the community and uh, when they come home, they, they're different. I seen the two sides the same day. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, because they're pride, they keep things inside. That's what happened with my husband. At the end, pride took him. From, from us because um, he was so stubborn he, he didn't want to get help and then um, then after he passed away and um, you know I was very angry with the old situation what happened that day and um, but I can't tell you the full story like no, this okay. can be a bit more personal mm-hmm. and um it was like just, um, you know, you're watching a movie. I know that what happened that day and um, I'm never going to forget that. Mm. And I'm lucky to be alive today. Otherwise, I could be gone too. My kids won't have anybody. And I think 
made me a little bit stronger from that day and I don't know I have probably I had that anger within me to just to show him yep he's good Jade she can do anything she wants to if she want to run the farm of course she can I'm not going to run away from it I could walk away live happily ever after somewhere you know um, lease the farm and buy a nice house somewhere down the beach and um, don't worry about the farm but that's not me with children's help, like uh, they are very good to me, and um, we we discuss everything together. And Jason, he was a mechanical engineer, and he had a really good job in Melbourne. But um, after Tari died, and uh, he felt, you know, he's the eldest son, and he should do something. You know, that's his responsibility. I'm I'm glad he did, but he he just absolutely loves it. There is a bad. This it's all good come out of the after all. You know, we are, we are lucky enough. Mm. You know, we. We didn't make the worst situation worse, we made the worst situation better. The other thing is I find farmers, they get so obsessed with the farming, they don't go out and enjoy themselves. I think they should. They have to make time for him and his wife and the children. Forget about the farm for a week or so. It will be still here. It's just put the family together, make you realise what you're working for. You're working for your family to be happy. You're not working for the farm, you're working for your family. That's a very good point. Yeah. Yes. And, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, this, uh, farming is a business. Yeah, like everybody else, everybody go there for work, earn money for their family. And same is a farm. You're not working for the farm. You're, you're working for yourself as a business, but fam- family comes first. Family is the most important thing in their life. Without family, they're nothing. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for sharing your story. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's very right. precious. No, that's Thank some, you. Yeah, that's, uh, um, if I can help one person, I think I've done my job. That was Gurjit Sondu, Wombilano farmer. If you need help or know someone who does, you will find phone numbers to call in the blurb attached to this episode.